Welcome. You are listening to Central Synagogue's podcast, featuring sermons, lectures, and conversations from Manhattan's historic Central Synagogue. I'm Rabbi Angela Bookdahl. Each week, we invite you to listen to messages of strength and hope given by our clergy on Shabbat or Jewish holidays. You can also listen to audio recordings of other programs and lectures given at Central by subscribing to this podcast on the platform of your choice. If you'd like to watch our live stream services or learn more about our congregation, I invite you to visit us at centralsynagogue.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. And raise me up to a world living, oh, safe from the storm, in the shelter of your shalom. Shabbat shalom. Earlier this week, I was reading an article about the reopening of schools. I think that's what every parent is reading these days. The title of the article was What We've Stolen from Our Kids by Dr. Javi Karkowski. After reading this article, I scrolled to the comments, which is always a mistake, and one caught my eye. Someone wrote, why did you use we in the title? We didn't steal anything from them. This was a failure of leadership at the top. This is not a drosh about whether or not we should open schools in person. That is for a braver rabbi than I. What struck me about both the title of the article and the comment was the different understandings and the meanings of the word we. Who is responsible for our current situation with schools? Who is the one who did this? It's natural to look for someone to blame when things go wrong. We always want to know who is the responsible party. Who should we blame? Who should be punished? Whose fault is this? Even the Torah asks this question. In this week's Parsha Shoftim, we hear the story of a person who has been murdered, whose body is found on the road between two towns. Who, the Torah asks, is responsible for this body? The elders of the town, each of the towns, take out a measuring device and measure the distance between their town and the body. Whichever town is closer is now responsible to find out what happened, to bury the body, and to bring the person's killer to justice. However, first, the elders have to engage in a sacrificial ritual. The elders of the town... So the most respected and learned people take a heifer down to a stream, break its neck, and recite, our hands did not shed this blood, nor did our eyes see it done. Absolve, O Lord, your people Israel, whom you redeemed, and do not let guilt for the blood of the innocent remain among your people Israel. The people of the town are making it clear that they are not responsible for this person's death, that they are not the one who committed the crime. The rabbis ask, did we really think that the elders of the town committed this crime? They are our community elders. We would never assume this of them. So why do they have to go through this ritual? Rather, the Mishnah says what they are really saying is that he did not come to us and we did not dismiss him without supplying him food, and we did not see him, and we did not let him go without an escort. They are saying, 
We've never seen this person before, and he certainly didn't ask us for help. Not only did we not kill him, but we didn't even have the chance to help him out. There are two ways to read this text. The first is the pshat, the plain surface meaning, that the elders are absolved of any guilt in the matter of the death of this person. They have no reason to feel guilty, and they have no reason to feel responsible. But I think reading it this way misses the purpose of the sacrifice of the heifer at the, ri- at the river and the entire ritual surrounding his body. First, the people take out a literal measuring device to try to figure out if they can get out of being responsible for caring for this dead body. They measure hoping that it is not them, not their elders or their town that need to be responsible. Second, God generally does not ask for sacrifice without a reason. So why do the elders have to make atonement if they are not responsible? In fact, the text is telling us they are responsible. Sure, they didn't actively murder the person, and they didn't even turn him down when he asked for aid. But the elders set up a system where the person was able to fall through the cracks. Maybe he didn't feel he could ask for help. Maybe there was no system in place for him to get the support that he needed. Something is wrong. So wrong that the elders must make atonement even if they didn't actually commit the act itself. They atone for a broken system. It sounds familiar. As it often does, the Torah is speaking to us sitting in our homes in 2020. The system is broken. Yes, there is a plague and we did not cause it. But in what ways did we set up a system that allowed it to rage unchecked throughout our country? How did we set up a system where people of color are disproportionately affected? How did we set up a system where children and women who are abused are now stuck inside with their abusers? How did we set up a system where kids are hungry because they depend on their schools for food, where people are persecuted and murdered, for expressing who they are and who they love, where businesses close because there is no safety net. At one time or another, all of us have been the elders, benefiting from a broken system. And many of us have felt like the body in the road, unseen and unclaimed. If you are feeling like that body right now, we see you. The moment we are in threatens our physical and psychological safety, our well-being, and our livelihood. We see you, and we are going to do better. We will not let you become abandoned between two cities. But when we are the elders, it is possible to look at the state of our world and say, I did not do this. I am not responsible. But the more we look away, the worse it gets. It is one of our fundamental Jewish values not to look away from other people's pain and suffering because it makes us uncomfortable. Instead, we face it, and then we do something about it. There is a body in the road. When we try and measure the distance so we can retreat and say, not my problem, or will we find our own ritual at the water's edge, figuring out how to make atonement? As we bring in Shabbat tonight, as we've been saying, we bring in the second day of the month of Elul, the month that reminds us that it is really, truly time to start getting ready for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Elul is the time for deep introspection, 
to ask ourselves the uncomfortable questions about who we are and who we should be in the world. If we do it right, we will squirm a little, realizing that we are, at least in some ways like the elders, not directly responsible, but in need of atonement. In his seminal work on the High Holy Days, This is Real and You Are Completely Unprepared, which could apply to a lot of things these days, Rabbi Alan Liu teaches that we all walk around viewing the world through a window. To begin the work of tshuva, he teaches, you must recognize the very fact that you are looking through a window in the first place and recognize what that window allows you to see and what it doesn't. What have you missed while you look out your window, just outside the frame? Did you miss the person looking for a helping hand? So here's the task at hand. Ask yourself the difficult questions, the ones that are deep down inside. What am I responsible for? To whom am I responsible? What am I a part of? What would it take to heal our broken world, not just for me, but for all? Heschel put it for us most starkly. There is immense silent agony in the world, and the task of man is to be a voice for the plundered poor, to prevent the desecration of the soul and the violation of our dream of honesty. The more deeply immersed I become in the thinking of the prophets, the more powerfully it became clear to me what the lives of the prophets sought to convey. That morally speaking, there is no limit to the concern one must feel for the suffering of human beings. That indifference to evil is worse than evil itself. That in a free society, some are guilty, but all are responsible. May the month of Elul bring us to a place where we see ourselves among the responsible. And may that start us down the path to building a better world. Shabbat Shalom. And I'd always praise your name. Thank you for listening to this edition of Central Synagogue's podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you're in the loop on future episodes. And please follow us on social media or watch our live stream at centralsynagogue.org, our Facebook page, or on national cable at the Jewish Broadcasting Service. Thanks again for joining us. Shalom.